Welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast, where forward-thinking business leaders come to share their experiences and ideas, learn from each other, and amplify their results together. Hey guys, Amir Ryder here for the Transform Sales Podcast. My, my guest and friend, Gino Donati. How's it going, man? CEO of C2C. C2C or C2C? C with a cat at the end. C2C. Got it, man. I, I how you doing? Actually, I'm mad at the name because it's so hard to, under, it's hard to say. But it came from, I want to take people from their seed round to their C round of funding. That's where it came from. That's not hard. I like it. I should have, I should have gone seed to B. I'm just dyslexic, so I don't remember anything. This is is an Amir thing. So I got, it's ironic how I met Gino. Uh, For those listening, I actually almost got in a fight with a very, um, a very strong personality individual in a gym in Columbia named Nick Molina. He had University of Arizona shirts on. And I went up to him and I was like, hey man, we got to squash this. I didn't mean to cut you off at the water fountain. You got some, uh, you got some shorts on. We became good friends. The guy really helped me in Medellin, like, showing me around. And then, little do you know, um, he's friends with Gino. He's in San Francisco. Goes to show you how small world it is. And I met you here in Colombia. I met you here in Medellin. And, and yeah, it's, I, was, uh, it's, I love Colombia. I was down for a bachelor party, but because I spent a lot of time in Argentina, I'm super familiar. I'm, I'm jealous. I love anyone that lives there. It's an amazing country. Bachelor, uh, like. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Argentina is amazing too. It's just it's super far, right? So like, there's wow. a lot of a lot of amazing things in Argentina too. I almost went there, but they closed the border. I lost my ticket. I lost my I lost my hotel. This was back in 2020 in December. Uh, but next time I got to go there when you're there. Where are you based now? Are you in San Francisco? Uh, I split my time right now between Palm Beach, Florida, and San Francisco. Awesome. So you're just crushing the hybrid life. Um, so. so uh, the idea of the show is really for buyers who are either first-time buyers of sales agency services or buyers who, you know, play the victim role. I've tried outsourcing before and it didn't work. Uh, we all heard that before. Are doing both. Just so they can really actually transparently listen to the real deal holy field about the mistakes that they make as buyers when they actually buy a sales agency, hire one, and ongoing work. The idea that if they can just listen to the truth, they can maybe avoid these mistakes. And then just talking about who you help best. And I know that you're slammed and always busy, so I know you got a specific ICP. So it's, it's going to be exciting to hear about that. But for everybody listening, how did you get into the actual sales agency world? What's your story? How I'll, give you, I'll give you it in 60 seconds. Uh, I went from an SDR at Riverbed, uh, grew, grew as a W-2 employee from SDR to GM. And randomly out of nowhere, I ended up at a company called Touch Bistro. I got hired when they had a very small round of funding. And I was there through a couple different funding rounds and I brought them into the US from Toronto. And because I brought them in from Toronto, even though they were basically an American style company, just operating right over the border, uh, I had a Danish company say, hey, I saw that you helped Touch Bistro, will you help us? And their, their name was Falcon. So I did this twice, helping foreign companies break into the US markets. And then I had a VC contact me and say, hey, we wanna do the opposite. And I'm like, what the heck is the opposite? They're like, we want you to move out of the country with your skill set of training SDRs and AEs and help us with struggling portfolio companies. Flash forward, I moved to Argentina. I had a team of 18 SDRs and traditional, it was an, it was an in-house outsource model. I was hiring expats living in Argentina, training them to be SDRs for a fraction of the cost. Uh, my short program turned into almost 18 months because I loved it so much down there. My now wife moved down there. We had a blast. And I basically said, well, why don't I offer this to every other company in SaaS? So flash forward, um, I outsource sales dev. I'm a fractional director of dev. And I have fractional team leads, managers, and SDRs. So 
as little as 10 hours a week, as many as 40, people hire us to take over the sales dev leg of their business. So you fix the company's problems by building a best in breed business development program. Someone else caught wind of it, hired you again. And then the VC caught wind and said, hey, uh, you're really good at this. Turn a business into it. Go launch it. we got a portfolio company. That sounds like a win. Um, and that, that. that sounds awesome. And, and, and I love hearing those stories. Uh, we hear it, you know, I've heard it a few times, which is great because it's like becoming, it's becoming good at the hard thing of hard things, but not the Idris and Horowitz. I'm running out of money style, more like I actually did something with a profitable company and, and I want to scale it. So that's great. So you've seen a lot of buyers come in, they sit, they book meetings with you, they work with you. What comes to mind when we're talking mistakes here and, and don't yeah. hold back, right? Because the idea here is I that, won't. yeah, we're talking a lot of money, yeah. one people here. I think the number one problem people make is sales are down, hire more salespeople. And I know that sounds weird me saying that because I want you to hire a bunch of salespeople. But the reality is people do not look at their operations. They don't look at their sales uh, holistically. They don't look at their entire funnel top to bottom. And then after they iron all that out, find out where the leaks were, throw out the right salespeople at it. So the number one thing I would say, people think you can just keep interchanging salespeople and you're going to magically find this uh, workhorse that's going to save all your problems. You so got like the it's kind of like the D Day thing, right? Like let's throw some bodies on the beach. Like, exactly. That, sadly, that's a, it's a really good analogy, and <laughs> that's it's that's what I see too often. Sales are down, throw bodies at the problem, and uh, kind of expanding on that. What I think people have uh, this fantasy again. I'm, I'm always talking about the the perfect salesperson, this workhorse that you're going to find in the rough. The reality is I don't believe, this is my opinion, that sales dev is supposed to be a 40-hour-a-week job. I see that SDRs pretty much peak out at about 25 to 30 hours a week. I always tell my people, if you, and again, I charge the same for 10 hours as I charge for 20. I always tell them, excuse me, I charge two people at 10 hours the same as 20. I always tell them, if you don't believe me, give me one of your in-house people and give me all their KPIs. Let me get two... 10 hour, or excuse me, 220 hour, or 10 hour. And I promise you they will run circles around them. Because it's just not a job that you could really come out and bang for 40 hours a week, in my opinion. I agree with you. I've heard, I, I think, I think uh, Tito from Multi-Sales shares a, a, similar, a similar echo of uh, quality over quantity, right? Um, and it's real talk at the end of the day, right? I think you're talking about the Bridge Group releases reports where like, an SDR is 18 months average lifetime or even less, excuse me, like, like 12 months, been like that now. And it's like, it's because like, you know, it's like if you've got an engine and you redline at 9,000 RPM, like keeping at 8,500 RPM every day, like, what are you going to get? You can get nothing, right? No, if you've got your peak power at 3,500 RPM, keep it at that peak. And you talk about it right away. And it, it, it's this concept that like people think they're doing it justice by like, I got, if I got in-house employees, I'm cool. We're the man. You want to take off the problem? What you do? But I got an agency now and I'm going to push them on overdrive and they think they're winning, but they're not winning because winning is getting a million dollars of pipeline, $10 million valuation, a 7X ROS. That's winning, right? It's not about driving people up fast. Where do you think this came from? Do you think it's a symptom of like COVID and, and the government just pumping in stimulus money and everybody like almost erased the hiring, right? Like all stocks are booming. Just hire more bodies, or is this deeper yeah. before that? Honestly, I, I, this problem to me stems back way longer. I, I've been calling this correction for a long time. I don't, we can diagnose where it came from, but sincerely, I think people grow at all costs and they don't efficiently grow. And that to me is the biggest problem. It goes back to the bodies thing. I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked for a software investment or asked people to reevaluate their process 
And they're like, well, we have pretty good KPIs right now. Can we just triple the size of this team? I'm not going to say no to that. That's 3x my money in my pocket. So yeah, let's do it. The reality is I I just believe we have this, this need for speed. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not, we see the kind of the news too. Like it's the first one to get the story out, not who gets the story right. And that's just the kind of, you know, this, this spreads out to multiple different facets of our life. But what I've seen, and if I, you know, people always ask me, hey, who's the per- your perfect client? Selfishly, I want a client that's already tried sales dev and failed, or maybe not failed, but currently has an SDR that's kind of like going, we'll, we'll use your analogy, not at, you know, 9.5 well, RPM. Before you get too like, deep into that, because that's how we're going we're, we're gonna to get into that. And, okay. and I like that. We got to focus on the problems first. But I will say you are 100% right. I've seen some weird stuff. I have literally had a meeting and I have partners and friends with a company that's involved in the ROI of sales, right? I was on the meeting with the CEO. I pulled up an ROI worksheet. The guy didn't want to look at it. So like this guy built an ROI software, yep. right? He wants to sell an ROI software. And when I talked to him about the ROI, he didn't even look at the sheet. Why? Now, 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 I don't care, right? Yep. And and And... So it was a big eye opener for me. I'm like, well, this is weird, right? Like this guy should be like eating this up, like like dying into it. And yeah, the way it, it, you know, you can borrow money at like one percent, right? I was buying at one point eight percent before. Now I'm getting smashed, right? Like everybody else. So everything's changing. It's changing fast. We're, we're we're down to quality now. Besides the mistake of wanting things too fast, wanting quality, like wanting to like measure every hour, push KPIs that are not quality metrics, right? Um, build out the sales debt in the end because you're the wrong message is the wrong person can also be a re- bad reputation, right? Like if you have 2,000 emails that are BS, like they talk about the wins, what do you talk about the people that never speak to you again? Because they're like, I got a bad brand recognition. I got a bad experience. I got an email. And I, I have emailed people before and I tell them I have a good rejection, right? So like I turn rejections into positive by being like, oh, I'm really busy, heads down six months to follow me on on my social media because i'm like yo i'm taking this if someone's distracting me for an email then i'll get a follower on on social media i say that to them and then they respond back to me pitching me again and i and i know why it's because they get fired or they don't get a meeting right yeah. so so it's, so it's like and now i'm like i'll never talk to you i, I block them i spam them right like you're, you're gone and and no one's measuring that what else what other mistakes are buyers making because i know that's not the only one yeah what what i would say is i I think we're, we haven't fully diagnosed how much we've changed the culture of sales. Um, I, I try and tread lightly because I'm a very opinionated person and I never want to offend anyone. I really like having open conversations with people over beers because, you know, if it's recorded, it's forever. So I'm going to try and touch on it. And again, just my opinions. Um, we've kind of killed the culture of sales. We actually demonized it. Uh, you know, being this aggressive person got demonized. Software was like, this touchy-feely teddy bear hugs and kisses space. And the reality is we have to push people out of their comfort zone in sales. And I'm a firm believer that men and women can sell sell, uh, equally as well. If not, I would actually default the other way, saying my best SDRs are actually female by by a slight sliver. Um, But the reason I bring up all this like broad stuff is I actually think it's now we're starting to really feel it. If you're afraid to pressure people, afraid to push people out of their comfort zone, how on earth are you going to expect them to push other people out of their comfort zone? How can you have this culture in-house that's all touchy-lovey, unlimited vacation, how's your emotions kind of thing, but then I need to ask you to not listen to someone else, not take their prescription and push them how I'm telling you to push them. So ironically, that this again, I'm sorry I keep plugging myself, but the reality is 
I actually don't feel like these expensive cities are even fit to build sales teams anymore. I really don't. They're soft. I, I, you know, I'll agree. I'm sitting here managing Columbia. Like I, 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 I don't. Um, yeah, soft. all that all that extra capital could go reinvested into generating MQLs and building a more efficient team, right? Building more brand yeah. awareness. Instead of calling a stranger who never heard of your brand and try to get them to buy a $100,000 product, which many people do, get them, get them information in front of their eyes first with the extra money by having an international team, right? Even it might get the big price difference, right? Whether you're working with an agency, like people don't realize that when they hire an agency like, C, like, like, like C2C, right? They don't realize that it's not a one-to-one comparison. It might even look like the same price for SDR, but the SDR here is managed, hire, trained, supported with, right? It's like a team of seven people. And it's yep. only able to do that because so it's like you're getting a team of seven people supporting this SDR versus one, but you want them in your office because you think you're cool with that guy who you think is cool is getting offers from other companies and not hitting his performance and, and, and about the bounce and who's you too hurt. Yeah, I, mean, I was working for NetSuite. I was below my quota. I had an offer for Oracle by the time I was actually pipped. You know what I mean? And I was like, great. Now I go get, the, get a better job, right? So it's like people it. have to... Yeah, and I don't think people need to, my opinion is that people don't need to go full near shore, full offshore, but they just need to be smarter, right? Like, like take all the pieces of the puzzle, put them all over the map and build a highly efficient business because this concept of outsources, insource is really weird, right? Like, you know, we've had relationships with some of our, our clients that outlive CROs, CMOs, and we're not W2s, right? But we get paid and we execute work. There's this weird, yeah. I think, paradox where like, money spent on a W-2 versus money spent on Penn and Net versus money spent on an agency is somehow different money, but it's not, right? Like your bank account still sees negative 10K or positive 100K. Um, and I, it's just weird. I, I think it's this weird concept. And I think people don't realize that you don't have to change your business, but maybe you can invest in some W-2s that are, are higher quality, more trained, right? Like just build better, build, build bigger, better, stronger, right? Is yeah. that someone's logo in this country? Uh, and what I would do, I would double down on this, the softness. And again, I'm not trying to demonize anyone because there are good kids in every city and every state and every country. Um, what, going back to the softness, I actually think this like ripples out in the fact that they're not willing to grid it out. One, and doubling down on that, the people I work with are more from what I've seen. Again, these are stereotypes, but it's just the masses I've seen. They're more willing to grid it out. They're more grateful for the job and their longevity on the job. All of this compounds, you know, we'll, we'll, everyone knows the brand, the Branson quote of, you know, what if, you know, if you don't train them and they leave or excuse me, what do we train them and they leave? What if we don't train them and they stay? But the reality is in tech, and I'm really, really curious for the 2023 to see how much mobility changes because it could be a wake up call for tech that, hey, you can't just screw around job to job and just 12, change, change every 12 months. That's why I really do love the red apple to green apple comparison. I like when my team's next to in-house people. I'm a, I just obsess over CAC. Customer acquisition costs is all I care about. I don't care. Like you said, sure, we do charge $5,000 for a full-time SDR. I would much rather get you two, two part-time, but some people would say, well, I can get an SDR for 6K. Yeah, no, you can't. It's not I apples mean, apples. It's not yeah, apples. you can't get them with, a, with their experience level. My SDRs, I have on average, they stay up to three years with a company. Good yeah. SDRs, the ones that actually that rise to the top, they want to be an AE after nine months now. Maybe you know who started the whole uh, cold calling is dead? No idea. Soft people who didn't want to call. It's really exactly. easy. How do we avoid yeah, cold calling? We started a whole thing. Cold calling is dead. Now we don't need to call, right? 
Uh, and, and, and it's kind of funny because it got, it got, it got, you know, they got away with it, right? They got away with it, but, it, but, um, I think the, I think the PNL now, the software companies are telling the truth. Cold calling is not dead. And, you know, the highly paid people that you hired who just left you high and dry, um, weren't really serving your business model. Um, I love your passion. I, I, I love the fact that you're straightforward. I think it's just only helping people. I agree with you with pretty much everything. Um, you did hurt my feelings when you left the WhatsApp mess group chat, but I'm, I'm tough. So I could take it. You know what I mean? Um, it's a kid. I know you're it's a kid. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, um, for those listening, let's just chime into like who your best buyer is. And by best buyer, I don't mean like, yo, we got this guy, it's a deal. I mean like they get an ROS, they're happy, they're like, they're like, Gino's my man. Um, and I know that most of your business comes from referrals because you're so freaking good, um, which is a good spot to be in. Tell me about, let's, let me, let me pigeon you a hole in the picking one software or service? Software. Why? Yeah, I would say the value props, it's a lot easier with the value props and differentiators. I get really deep into the use cases and personas. And the, it's really hard. I, I just actually signed a San Diego client that is service and it's going well. It's just to me slower to build and the differentiators are so much harder. Um, I, I don't mind doing this, but I tell my clients this all the time. I'm going to sell the meeting, not your service. So it's it's kind of what I hate about that, service. That's, but, but that's the only thing you can sell. You can't sell service. I know, but meeting. The, the service people come back to you and they're mad if they haven't sold their service. And I'm telling you, I've done it so many times. I try and talk service out of it, out of taking my my proposal, but I still take them on. Again, I work with this company. They do top, top line development work. So we're working together. They got one of my best guys. I think he's been an SDR for six years and we're building it, but I just... It's like clockwork, man. Anytime they get the calls and they don't close, they want to call an audible. And it's just because their value, they, they see the, the value props of services seep too close together. I do like that there's some pretty clear lines in software. I agree with you, right? And I know that helping service companies, some of them have high average contract values, one or two customers yeah. have an ROS. But then again, it's the unique selling proposition. The good news is that you take both, right? Um, and, yeah. and both can reach you. I'm just trying to get. I'm trying to get that. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to get the 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 eighty percent of your revenue from twenty percent of your customers, right? That's what I'm trying to get you to talk about. Um, start, startup Series A, Series B, IPO, publicly traded, private equity. You pick one. Can only uh, Series B or less. Seed, Series A, Series B. Makes sense. All right, because they start having product market fit. They know that a market validation campaign gets information, right? They've already probably yeah. tried this. So, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, what's the best target area? Where, where are they selling to? EMEA, United States? Where's your super strength? I would say West Europe, North and South America. I, I do have two clients that do Asia Pack, and they wanted a U.S. salesperson over there. Basically, anywhere you want to sell in probably Spanish, English, I, I can take care of. I, I do have a lot of Portuguese as well, but pretty much if you're, if you want to sell in Spanish or English, I can take care of you worldwide. So I have a couple English sellers in APAC. Um, but for the most part, Western Europe, North and South America. Awesome. Average contract value 15K or less, 25K or more. That was yeah, a no. range. Talk, tell me about the ACV. No, I appreciate these questions. It, this is going to be a deflection, but it's the truth. I usually keep between 20 and 30, 30 clients at once, and I have a vast different amount of ACV. So like the client that I do the highest volume from, for, excuse me, booking around 500 meetings a month, their uh, ACV is around eight to 10,000. 
I have other service clients that, you, like you said, they won't talk to someone under 150K annually. So it pretty much always kind of, if I really shake it out, it comes down to I can usually cut your customer acquisition cost in half. I know that's a very vague statement. I wouldn't say that on a sales call. But no, you said, you said the word usually, so you hit the, you hit the, yeah. the box of uh, I'm not liable because you, you talk to them first, right? Yeah, and, we and can you usually find, you find out what their cost of customer acquisition, and you're usually fifty percent off. But there's always a time where you're not. Something like that. It's and usually they're they're usually lying when it's that time they're not. They're, 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 they're lying, and I'm lying, and it, it all shakes out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, software company. Yeah. Seed Series A, Series B, ten thousand dollar ATV, five hundred meet guys. Did you hear that? Like five hundred meetings per month. Like like I'm gonna help you find those people. I hope that one no. day you tell me you have the capacity. I know you're eighteen hundred dollars an hour. Gino's the guy who's got the, the red velvet rope around his agency and he lets you in if he wants to let you in. And it doesn't do it because he's, you know, a bad person. He does it because he acts his shit together. And when you got your shit together, you put the red velvet wrap around and you, you and you let the people in. I hope that, you know, I'm gonna grab some of those guys and let them in too. But I love what you're doing. I've always loved your passion. Uh, I know you're just at the beginning of your career with this. Um, Congrats on, on being a newly father. I know probably now you're, Thanks, the, the motivation is going to be out of control for you. Um, what's next for C to C? What's next for you? And where can people find you? Yeah, no, um, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, that's usually the best place. I actually have a Slack community called SDR Ready. So it's SDR Ready. Yeah. Um, I had a really good time. I'm not going to say their name yet, but a really well-known founder of a really good SaaS startup is actually very interested in acquiring SDR Ready. So him and I are gonna speak these next two to three weeks. It'll probably be a, a dollarless acquisition. His vision and mine align so much that he's gonna invest a bunch into the community and what we're building. And the, the goal, because we have almost 3000 SDRs in there, I use it as my bench. Literally, I need to tap in SDRs. That, so I selfishly run it for nothing. And I had someone tell me the other day that I used to be, they were an SDR on my team. They're like, you found me my last two jobs. And I was like, that's amazing because I don't even monetize it at all. It's completely free reign, just people posting jobs and helping each other. Yeah. Um, but the the reality is that's why I'm so excited about what you're building. Amir, I think it's needed. Can I, can I outbid him for a dollar? I want in. I want SDR. I mean, a dollar I want to outbid him. him. Separate conversation. Let, let's talk going. about it. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or the, it could be the three of us. He, uh, he, he has a pretty broad scope and the, the cloud's involved, the cloud name. So I think you'd like it. I think you. I think you. At the very least, want to be one of the three. I want to know more. I want to know more. But but I, I don't want to. I, I get too excited and I cut you off. So people could find you. So 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 if the the right buyers listening here, they can find you on LinkedIn, your website, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You don't use those channels. I don't have time for that stuff. Uh, I, I dude, I've gotten so inactive, but I, I need to. I need to get better. And and to I appreciate the compliments. The reality of why I put the velvet rope around it was I used to do, and it sounds crazy, I used to leverage my SDRs to do outbound cold to get us new clients. And I can't tell you how many people, the stigma around outsourcing is just quantity, quantity, Wait, quantity. Can, burn, can I ask burn, you something? Burn. Isn't SaaS outsourcing? I think so. It, no, it, 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 it's basically don't build it in-house. Rent it for me. Do you know how many staff leaders I have told me they don't outsource? And I'm like, you don't outsource, but you want your customers to outsource software development to you? Like, yeah. that is fucked up. And you know what the fucked up part is? is? They're so stupid, they don't even fucking know. They don't Dude, even know. Amir. They don't SAS, even know. These are like SAS, smart people worth millions of dollars, and you're like, you're, like, you're outsourcing. 
Don't build it. It's the same thing. Yeah, exactly. We used to have behemoth tech companies. Obviously, we still do, but everything used to be behemoth tech before the Cisco's, the, the Oracle's. SaaS fractionalized everything. That is all we do. We're fractionalizing one motion. We're lowering your CAC. We're making it more efficient. And again, if I had to sell myself, I was a global director of dev. Baked into my cost of an SDR is me and my team and them doing everything I've done a hundred times. You did what I did. You saw all of the, 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 the fuckery and wasted money in San Francisco. And you were like, this could be 10 times better. And that's what I did. I was at NetSuite. They're paying these SDRs like 100K to do nothing. And I was like, this could be done a lot better. Mm-hmm. And it can be. And then you go to help them. And they're like, they're like we don't outsource. We're like, your whole business is outsourcing. But don't worry. I think they have no choice anymore. They got no choice. They got broke. Right? You don't want to outsource. People, you end up broke. I have people that raise a seed round of funding, tried an SDR, failed, came to me and said, hey, I need to keep the lights on. I need to keep moving forward, but I don't have a lot of money. I literally got them a fractional no, SDR. They, for they come to you when they're like, they're like their lifeline. It's like a lifeline. They, they, yeah. they pay the $1,500. Guys, anybody who more. said they don't outsource in the last couple of years to me or Gino, if you want a job when you get fired, Gino can hire you. Right, because <laughs> fair, you know, I'll take yeah, a lot of people like that. Animal. But honestly, I see an SDR working ten hours a week, but actually working two hours, straight calling, straight emailing, coming in prepared and banging it out. And I'm telling you, four of them run circles around one full time SDR. It's not even comparable. So I don't get it. And also, my favorite thing is we are a side hustle for many. There are a bunch of people. And this is I'm embarrassed to admit this that are quiet quitting at their tech jobs. They collect that paycheck doing nothing. And they're like, dude, I can bang for you two hours a day. They're literally working for me while collecting and they're saving up for their side hustle. But, or but people don't outsource. They only like, like as if the W2, W2 is designed to collect tax. That's it, right? That's what it's made for. All of a sudden, like, like you're my boy. You're W2. No, they're not. Like, you know who your boy is? The person who gets paid to do something and executes it. I completely agree. And I'm yeah. and I'm telling you, because we don't exhaust them, they don't burn out like that car with the 9.5 RPM. That's a big deal. And I like that. That's why I do that. Like because it's true. It's true. Because you don't, you don't want SDRs to go to – if you want AEs, hire junior AEs. You want your SDRs to be career SDRs. How do you become a professional at something by, move, by getting exactly. fired every other year, becoming an AE? You stay professional when you're not getting burnt out. You work for C2C, and you become a freaking expert. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I want to like add it. to this. I want to add to this, Amir, because I was I was alluding to it earlier, but I want to like nail it down. The soft part of tech, I'm telling you, the fact that we fast track people's careers because the competition was so high, not to lose them, we've done them a disservice. To Amir's point, we have people that were moved from the minors to the pros that weren't ready, but we can't see it. We're not as transparent. These people have now struggled for five years jumping job to job because they know how to interview, but they don't even know how to do the job they're interviewing for. Exactly, exactly. And there's a big difference between a 10% conversion rate and a 20%. It's called doubling your pipeline, right? They do one follow-up, right? Because why do a follow-up? It's better instead of following up multiple times, they might follow up with the recruiter buddy to get a better job. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm a low quota, right? It's kind of funny. Look, I don't think there's any other choice. I think I think that the the and it's the the cool part is that you know it doesn't stop companies from hiring junior AEs and account executives just like don't try to do everything right like at the end of the day you you get your funnel filled right like Facebook Google and and LinkedIn have been doing it for a long time they're outsourced what the fuck you yeah. know like they're outsourced Google LinkedIn Facebook you don't own them you pay them they get you leads they're outsourced 
So now you got. Pay, I, I want to pay the most respect to Plank at over at Rippling because they hired me early there. I have nothing to do with their success. I'm not taking credit for Rippling, but they do a lot of things well. And they hired RSCRs just to do one thing. I won't even expose what it was because I don't, I don't talk about my clients, but I'm just telling you that is a well-oiled machine. They were doing a hundred things and Plank, a friend of mine tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, can you just do this one thing for us? And that to me is a Brown knows in a bit what a good leader sees. And I'm just telling you the level of efficiency there. And I work really closely with AK over at Brex and Blonde and them. And I know these people. They do very good things in-house. They have great sales cultures. And I'm telling you, I don't come in and steal anything. I do one thing for them and they do everything else. They take something off these people's plate that they didn't like doing so they don't burn out their teams and they have them doing the highest yield activities. And I, I can't tell you how no-brainer it is to people like us, but that to me is what outsourcing is. SaaS, it's fractional. Find one thing that's taking high time from your people, burning them out and not even yielding results and hire someone that costs less to do it and it doesn't mess up your mind. 100% like Gong, Chorus, all these technologies are booming. Take the time to coach your freaking reps. Take them from 10 to 20%. You can't do everything. Gino, I, I appreciate you. I, I, I got a lot of respect for you. I think what you contribute to the community Same, is amazing. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Guys, this is the Transformer Sales Podcast. Gino, you're the man. Um, find him at his website. Hit him up on Twitter. He hates Twitter. Just his website. And thank you for tuning in. Actually, I appreciate you. I've traded into Twitter now. So Gino.Donati. Oh, you got Twitter? I got, I've got I'm active since you. December. I'm I just going to go on Twitter. I'm going to tweet at you, bro. Find, find me. I've been, I've been active since September. I'm going to tweet at you. I want to find you. You're found. All right, man. Appreciate everything, man. Have a good one. Take care. Later, homie. See ya.